you're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. Believe me, Laurelton, Missouri was not where I'd planned to spend my summer vacation. I'd been looking forward to boating trips on Bratzer Lake, complete with wakeboarding, water skiing, tubing, jet skiing, and paddleboarding. My friends filled my head with all kinds of tantalizing teenage dreams. Wild beach barbecues, dances, midnight hikes, volleyball, sleepovers, campfires, parties, you name it. But, as they usually do... Things changed. I had just graduated that spring with an associate's degree in English and zero idea of what I wanted to do with my life. Add a dash of heartache, I'll spare you the gory details, but my ex-boyfriend, Connor, basically broke up with me over text. Yeah, I really know how to pick them. A dash of wanderlust and just a pinch of guilt, and I found myself flying halfway across the country to a tiny town in the Midwest. I say guilt because my Aunt Mara had been practically begging me to come and visit her in Missouri since she'd moved into her new house about a year earlier. Aunt Mara was definitely my favorite. She was independent, fun, quirky. I just had never had a reason to leave my friends and family for the whole summer before. Until then. The air was so hot and sticky when I finally stepped out of the Kansas City airport I instantly regretted the dark leggings and black Ramones t-shirt I had picked out that morning. Feeling my phone vibrate in my hand, I looked down, expecting a message from Mara, letting me know she was pulling up. Instead, I was surprised to see a text from my ex, Connor. Hey beautiful, I haven't heard from you in a while, what's up? Rolling my eyes, I actually smiled, thinking what my best friend Bree would say if she knew the jerk was texting me. The honk of a car horn caught my attention, and I looked up to see my Aunt Mara waving at me from the driver's seat of her white Honda Civic as she pulled up to the curb in front of me. Stuffing my phone in my pocket, I waved back, then greeted my aunt with a big hug on the sidewalk. I can't believe you're actually here, Andy, Mara said excitedly, her big blue eyes shining. She tucked her short auburn waves behind her ear and reached out a slender hand to help carry one of my bags to the trunk. You must be starving. I've got dinner ready for us at home. We can chat all about your flight in the car. Conversation came easily for us as we drove along winding highways and eventually one-way streets, lined with giant leafy green trees and scenic little lampposts. Mara soon turned into the driveway of a lavender Queen Anne-style home with a wraparound porch and a towering oak tree in the front yard. Aunt Mara, your house is so cute. It was the first word I could think of to describe the quaint, vintage feel of the old property. Wait till you see the inside, Mara beamed, helping me unload my bags from the back of the car. 
After a tour of the house and a quick meatball and spaghetti dinner, Mara poured us both tall glasses of ice-cold raspberry lemonade as we chatted on the porch about my past classes, graduation, and plans for the future. Speaking of plans for the future, Mara chirped, glancing at her watch. We'd better head to bed. You should get a good night's rest before your first day of work tomorrow. I grimaced at the mention of work. My mom's only stipulation that summer was that I find some type of part-time employment. I guess she was worried I'd waste my entire summer shopping, eating barbecue, and watching rom-coms with Mara, which sounded pretty nice. Mara had managed to find me a pretty decent job, though. The Speckled Sparrow was a women's clothing boutique just a few blocks away from Mara's house, right on Laurelton's historic town square. They had opened just a few months ago, and when Mara heard they were hiring, she got me a FaceTime interview with the owner, Monica, and manager, Stephanie. They both seemed super nice, so I was excited about that. It was just the idea of still having to work while feeling like I was on vacation that was the bummer. After showing me to my room that night and giving me one last goodnight squeeze, Mara left me alone. The room was cute, like the house, decorated in a simple and clean farmhouse style. I smiled sadly at the fluffy pink towels and floor mat, mason jars full of Q-tips and cotton balls, and flowery girl power sign hanging on the wall in the small attached bathroom. It was a shame Aunt Mara had no kids of her own. I started brushing my teeth and thinking about how great of a mom she would have been when, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a woman sitting on the edge of the bed. I started in surprise and my heart skipped a beat as I turned back toward the room, but there was no one there. Confused, I shook my head slowly back and forth as if that would make sense of what I'd seen, or at least what I thought I'd seen. I could have sworn a pale young woman with dark hair and a long, high-collared dress was sitting motionless, staring at me from the bed. With a nervous laugh, I realized I must have mistaken the dress I had laid out on the bedspread for a person. I mean, it had been a long day of traveling, and I was pretty tired. Still feeling uneasy, I draped the dress over a rocking chair in the corner, but then quickly decided I'd better just lay it out of sight on top of my suitcase on the floor. Climbing into bed, I pulled the covers up to my chin, squeezed my eyes shut, and willed myself to fall asleep despite the buzzing of the cicadas outside and the racing rhythm of my heartbeat. We'll be back after this quick break. This is Edward October for October Port, take one. We know a remote farm in Lancaster where Mrs. Buckram lives. Every July, pumpkins grow there. You really mean that? I think you're reading the wrong script. You're supposed to be telling folk about Octoberpod. Let me, um, let me get you a copy of the new script. <clears throat> but, but that's bad copy. I think it's so nice that you see a snow-covered field and say every July pumpkins grow there. Ed, what are you, what are you looking at? What snow-covered field? This is an audio promo. Edward October for Octoberpod, take two. We know of a fjord in Norway near where the cod gather in great shoals. There, Jorg Tostensen frees the cod, adding a crumb-crisp coating. Ooh, that's tough. Crumb-crisp coating. Let's just talk about Octoberpod. You see, Ed, I was thinking... Ed wasn't drinking! What? I said thinking. I was thinking we should just talk about your show. You know, Octoberpod? Retro horror for bold individualists? 
I didn't say anything about drinking. You didn't say it. He said it. Who are you talking to? Your friend. There's no one else in here. Edward October for October Pod, take three. This is a lot of shit. You know that, don't you? <clears throat> now, you want another one on what? Peas? Stream October Pod, available now on YouTube, Vimeo, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Podchaser, and at OctoberPodVHS.com. October Pod, retro horror for bold individualists. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get back to the story. After getting ready the next morning and throwing on the green flowery dress I had picked out the night before, I headed downstairs to the mouth-watering smell of savory, sizzling bacon. Morning, sleepyhead, Mara greeted me when I entered the room. How'd you sleep last night? I hesitated. I'd almost forgotten about the young woman I'd maybe seen. Cicadas keep you up all night? Mara asked, misunderstanding my hesitation. Oh, no, I mean, they were pretty loud, but, um, I slept fine. Oh, well, good, my aunt grinned happily, setting a pitcher of fresh raspberry lemonade on the counter. She was always so upbeat and optimistic. Breakfast is all ready, so why don't you go ahead and dish up? After you're done, I thought I'd walk over to the square with you. I need to get a haircut, so might as well get one done while you're at work. Yeah, that sounds great. Everything smells delicious. Aunt Mara worked downtown in the HR department of some insurance company, but as she'd explained to me the night before, she could virtually choose her own hours and go into the office whenever she wanted. After scarfing down pancakes, eggs, and bacon, I helped my aunt with the dishes, brushed my teeth, grabbed my purse, and we were off. Laurelton's town square was just a few blocks away, but it was already so hot and humid, even at nearly ten in the morning, that by the time we climbed the short hill to the square, I was already sweating. We crossed the street, walking alongside a colossal square-shaped gray building, a large clock at its summit with the words Fowler County Courthouse inscribed in stone. The courthouse was framed on all sides, hence the term town square, by buildings of various heights and styles. Some of the old storefronts had pink or blue painted bricks, but most of them boasted their original reddish-orange bricks. We turned to the right once we'd reached the opposite end of the courthouse and crossed the street once more, stopping in front of another gray concrete building with glass display windows on the corner. I'll have to show you around the shop sometime, maybe today when you get off work, Mara panted, gesturing at the buildings around us. They're really pretty cool, and there's lots of interesting history here. I feel like interesting is just a more polite way of saying boring, I teased. I actually liked history. I think I was just being snarky because I was nervous to go in. Oh, all right, Miss Sassy Pants. Mara playfully ruffled my shoulder-length strawberry blonde hair, and I mumbled, yeah, yeah, while trying to get it to lay down flat again. Have fun, kiddo. Good luck today. Text me when you get off, okay? Thanks. I will for sure. I waved goodbye to Mara as I pulled open one of the double doors of the speckled sparrow, causing a little bell tied to the handle to jingle, and stepped inside. I realized then just how long and rectangular each of the buildings on the square must be. The room I stood in had an extremely high ceiling, and it stretched back farther than I could see at that angle. Directly in front of me stood a tall wooden counter with a multicolored stone wall as its backdrop. To the right of the counter in the wall was what looked like the door to an extremely old bank vault. 
Hi there, a voice called from somewhere in the back of the store, out of sight. Soon, a woman emerged from around the side of the stone wall, and I instantly recognized her as the store manager, Stephanie. She smiled and stuck out her hand in greeting as she approached. You must be Andy. It's so good to finally meet you in person. Thank you. It's good to meet you, too. It's Stephanie, right? Yeah, but you can just call me Steph. Everyone does. Stephanie, or Steph, was tall and skinny with frizzy brown hair, clear frame glasses, and a smattering of freckles across her nose and cheeks. Up close, I could see that she couldn't have been more than two or three years older than me. Oh, Steph said, turning and walking toward the front counter. Monica won't be able to make it in today, but she said to tell you hi and that she's really excited to meet you. She's hoping she'll be able to come in tomorrow. How about I give you a store tour? She giggled at her little rhyme and told me I could stow my purse on a shelf underneath the counter. This is a super old building, built in like 1860-something as a bank. Speaking of, let's start the tour with the vault. She led me to the thick, silver door in the wall and struggled to pull it open wide enough for us to pass through. The door is really heavy, but don't worry. The lock's been disengaged, so you can't get locked in or anything. We both stepped inside the vault, which had at some point been converted into a stock room, with blue carpet and wooden shelves holding rows and rows of shoeboxes. Greenish safety deposit boxes lined part of the back wall, and hangers were hooked onto the faded gold handles. Steph led me around the rest of the store, pointing out the fitting room, cleaning closet, restrooms, and break room. There was also another vault, only about five feet deep, with fifteen small cupboards covered in mesh screens. I wondered if these had been cubbies for past bank employees. The next couple hours actually passed by pretty quickly. Steph showed me how to clock in and work the cash register, which seemed easy enough. We started tagging new inventory items when she suddenly smacked her forehead and groaned. Shoot, I totally forgot to print something off for Monica. Could you run upstairs and grab the page from the printer? Steph handed me a large gold key connected to a key ring and busied herself opening up a laptop on the counter. Sure, no problem. Where exactly is the printer? She laughed. I totally forgot to take you up to the office, didn't I? Whoops. Just go out the back door and up the stairwell to the second floor. You'll need the key to unlock the door, and you'll see the printer on the desk as soon as you walk in. I did as Steph said, heading out the back door to the building's stairwell. As I climbed the stairs, the air suddenly grew colder around me, and the fluorescent light above me flickered. Quickening my pace, I reached the door on the second floor, jammed the key into the lock, and hurried into the office. There was a wall not three feet in front of me, but when I turned to the left, I immediately saw the printer on a desk, like Steph had said. The air was much warmer in the office, and I chuckled, not sure why the stairwell had scared me so bad. The room had old wooden floorboards instead of carpet and whitewashed walls. It was small, probably what made it so much warmer. I took a deep breath, walked over, and snatched the printed page from the printer. I turned to exit when I heard music. It was faint and muffled, but I could definitely hear the soft notes of a trumpet, bass, and saxophone. It was then that I noticed a second room, which I hadn't glanced at twice when I'd entered the office. The second room was dark, but as its door was wide open, I could faintly see metal shelving, pipes, and stacks of cardboard boxes. 
Was this a storage room or the attic? I took a step into the room and flipped on the switch, but the bulb was so dim it hardly cast any more light. I could make out electrical boxes on the wall, antique chandeliers on the floor, and what looked like the building's HVAC equipment. As soon as I entered the room, the music grew louder. I could hear a bouncy piano tune and voices, though I couldn't make out any words. The noise seemed to be coming from the far wall, so I stepped closer. Were they having a party in the store next door? A party at one in the afternoon? The song playing sounded old, though, like big band swing. Was it an old record, maybe? When my face was only inches away from the wall, I reached out a hand to steady myself against it so that I could try to hear the voices more clearly. As soon as my fingertips brushed the cold, smooth wall, the music stopped. Everything went completely silent. No voices, no song, nothing. Then, someone said my name. A single, solitary, muffled voice. A woman's, from the other side of the wall. Followed by a heavy thud. The sudden, loud thump on the wall startled me, and I jerked back, stumbling over a box on the ground. I fell, hard. I reached out a hand to brace myself and grit my teeth as I felt my wrist buckle. I gasped in pain but ignored it and jumped to my feet, wanting to leave that room as quickly as possible. As I raced out of the office and down the freezing cold stairwell with its flickering lights, I swore I could feel the slightest brushing of cold fingertips on the back of my neck. Thank you for joining us for the first chapter of Small Town Spirits. If you liked this episode, please be sure to tell your friends about us. Reviews on Apple Podcasts also really help our show. Follow us on Instagram at Straight Up Enigmas and Twitter as Straight Enigmas to catch each new chapter as it airs. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time for a brand new episode of Small Town Spirits. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com.